0: The greater the obstacle, the greater the mountain, you know, the greater the victory, the greater the testimony. Someone says you don't have a testimony, there's not a test. You don't have a message, there's not a mess.
1: Hey guys, it's Jake. Welcome back to the Waymaker Podcast. Today we have such a huge honor. We have Pastor JP from all the way in Alabama with the Summit Church joining us today. I'm so excited to have him. Welcome, Pastor JP.
0: i uh, honored to be here. Thanks for letting me be here.
1: Pastor JP has such an amazing stories. You know, everybody talks about rainbows and sunshine, uh, and it's not always that. Um, right before we got started uh, this morning, we were actually talking about the uh, hurricane that uh, y'all went through. So, Pastor JP, welcome, and tell us a little bit about the uh, what's been going on.
0: Oh man, thank you so much, Jake. Glad to be on. Yeah, man. So uh, my wife and I moved down here to uh, the Gulf Shores, Alabama area, which is on the Gulf Coast, um, about 12 years ago, and planted the church, and right, dug it out of the bedroom, out of our, uh, out of our living room, actually. And um, so uh, we're in the process of building a larger building now, a new church building, and um, so that's where we're at, and. And, uh, and Miss Miss Sally, Miss Hurricane Sally, uh, kind of put us back a little bit, but um, that's why we, we we don't have any any books in my bookshelf because we were moving everything around in our house because everything was kind of ripped up and destroyed. But but we're we're, we're making it work, and uh, God's been getting some glory
1: out of all of it. So so it's funny you mentioned. Uh... Sally, so me and my wife, as we talked before the show, were, uh, we were in Destin, in Destin Point when all that happened. It was a category two. And one of the questions I got from somebody not too long ago was like, you know, my life will be going so good and I feel like I'm really in tune with Jesus. I'm right there on the same track. And then out of nowhere, I just get hit by a storm and then everything falls apart. And for months I go through horrible times um, and I wanted to hear from a pastor.
0: Yeah, um, you know, no one, no one ever wants to go through a storm, right? But the beautiful thing is that you go through it, and and you don't stay in it. Uh, as one person said one time, if "You just keep on driving when you're in a storm. Eventually, you will come out the sunshine." And uh, but you know, the beautiful thing also about storms is that if you look around close enough, you'll find Jesus asleep in the boat with you. He's He's always with you. And, he's, and he always seems to take the uh, the posture of rest, right? You know, which also represents grace as well. And so um, like the disciples discovered years ago in that tumultuous storm that they were in, that um, the, the peace for the storm, the answer for the storm was already there with them. And, um, and so I think when we realize that, remember that, um, that 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 God's grace is always there. I was having breakfast this morning with a man who lost his wife to cancer uh, nine months ago, and I was just kind of asked him to walk me through that last seventy-two hours of you know her life before she died at the age of fifty-six. And um, and you know he said to me something I thought was very thought-provoking. He said, you know, he said they they say the old. The old saying is that god never puts anything on you more than you can handle i said that's that's what they say he says but i don't i don't know if i agree with that because what i went through i couldn't handle and i didn't handle it too well and i said but the reason i believe that probably is not a true statement that god doesn't put anything on you can't handle is because if God didn't put anything or allow you to walk through something that you couldn't handle you would never know his grace and grace only comes into play when we're put in a situation that is really out of our scope out of our realm of experience previous under you know um, knowledge or understanding insights of of life or God or people or what occupation so so I, I'm thankful for those those moments in life that come out of nowhere where we'll, we, when it's all said and done, get to experience the peace of God on a whole nother level, the grace of God on a whole nother level, and um, and all that comes with that, you know?
1: So I think those are two really good sayings that you said. The first one was, um, when you're in that storm, just keep driving because you're going to come out to sunshine. I have a one of my very best friends is a retired truck driver, and uh, he said he had a meeting with a guy one time, and he's a Christian, uh, and he said, he said it was, we met at a truck stop. He said, back when I was first started trucking, you know, we'd be at the truck stop and it was icing outside and snowing. And the guy came in to me, it really is storming out there. And he was a newer truck driver, uh, speaking to my friend. He said, man, they were pulling doubles is what they called them. So they had two trailers behind each of their tractors. And, uh, he said, man, I almost lost my, my set, my double. And uh, my buddy who's a Christian told him, he said, "Man, anytime you're going through a storm, don't ever look back." He said, "What if you start to feel it swaying, and you know you know it's going?" He said, "You keep driving." He said, "You keep looking forward. and You keep driving." And uh, mm-hmm. I thought that you know, it kind of tied into what you were saying about drive, drive through the storm and, and look forward. Um, and I think that comes back to you know, Jesus said a lot of times, just keep your eyes focused on me. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: and I think as Christians, in, in my own personal life it's hard to do that sometimes because there's so much in the world that wants to distract us, whether it's politics, finances, addiction. Um, And then there's, you know, all the millions and millions of apps out there that are time, time wasters, you know, Um, do you see that a lot? Like people want to know, how do I stay focused on Jesus in that storm?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I, I do believe that is really good. Um, I, be, I believe staying focused uh period is uh, a daily a daily challenge you know mm-hmm. looking not to the left nor the right um keeping the Lord's prayer in mind you know um father lead, lead us not into temptation mm-hmm. of from evil and and just always aware that you know that we do have an enemy of our soul that's out to steal, kill, and destroy, he's got a plan for us, just as God has a plan for us, uh, but there is, you know, no temptation that we can't overcome, or, you know, that we can't, and, and actually, you know, the, the the greater the obstacle, the greater the mountain, you know, the greater the victory, the greater the testimony, someone said, you don't have a testimony, if there's not a test, you don't have a message, if there's not a mess, and so, you know, there's, there's these um wonderful stories that come out of these challenges that that definitely come our way and we get to see another uh aspect of God God is so multifaceted right and it's like a prism and you can look at a prism uh you can look at through a prism or uh, you know this this way and everything's green and then you turn a little bit and everything's red and 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 God is. God is he's always presenting a new side of himself that's always beautiful but let me just say this I think the key one of the keys of, of constantly walking in victory is also going back and remembering what God's already done for you right I uh-huh. mean he's been faithful he always is faithful he he cannot be anything but faithful uh he's faithful and true he, and so and so David. Himself, when he was, you know, being chased down by a madman all through the wilderness, he was like, "My goodness, what in the world? I I thought I had the hand of God on me. I thought God had a plan for me. I thought, you know, I was, you know, supposed to uh, have purpose. And this sleeping in a cave and being chased through is I had in mind, you know." and And God allows us to come to those moments and, um, and He wants to see what we're going to do in the process. There's two things that happened to David that stand out in my mind when he was going through some really hard, difficult times. One was he went to the priest, and when he asked for some bread, and, and he said, man, I'm just hungry or men are hungry." just He goes, "Listen, you know, I got some old bread." And, and nothing else he goes well I need you know I need some weapons and he goes I don't even have <laughs> I don't have weapons but here's what I do have I have the I have Goliath's sword that uh actually you used David you know years ago when you slew Goliath it's mm-hmm. I, I my possession it's in my 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 China closet or whatever and yeah and David's like go get it for me and he left He didn't leave with all the answers, but he left with Goliath's sword. He left with a remembrance of a past victory. And man, you know, sometimes we just got to go back and remember what Christ has done for us. And, you know, that's why Paul said about the, the Lord's table. He said, listen, he said, when you come together, remember me. Remember, remember me. What does that mean? Remember me. Remember what I've done for you. Remember what I've done through you. What? Remember all the victories that are behind you. And to go grab, you know, Goliath's sword and, and walk with it and put it back in your hand because you felt it before. Feel it again. And uh, let it bring encouragement to you. And the second thing uh, that I wanted to mention too about that was God allowed in David to be chased down to a place called Ziklag. And Ziklag mm-hmm. was so. If you look at David's life, his life, it's like it was a great TV drama. It goes, he starts with no, as a nobody goes up, then he goes way down and he gets to this bottom pit, you know, the bottom of the, and then his life started going back up to, you know, just kept on going. And so that's exactly what happened to Ziklag. Um He's been chased down. He, he's, he's tired, he's exhausted, he's been out there working, trying to protect other people's properties, comes back home, you know, hoping to meet his wife, family, along with his men, get a good meal and some support and love. And, and when they come up over the horizon, what they look down, and they see nothing but their homes are burnt to the ground, their families are gone. And his men turned on, him, picked up stones and said, You know what? We're killing you. This we're gonna this is it. And now David had nobody. This was like the lowest point of his life. He has nobody. And here's here's, I believe, all the eyes of heaven were looking at him at this point. And he he calls for the priest, says, Bring me the, the ephod. Bring bring me that garment that priests use to talk to God. And the Bible says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. Come on, somebody. Mm. And there, there comes times in our life where you just have to learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. You pull yourself up by the bootstraps and you give God thanks and everything give thanks. And and God tests you in that moment and he wants to know, do I have a thankful person? Do I have a grateful person? Do I have a person that um, is not gonna go bitter uh, in this situation? And if he can find that, then that's the, that's, that's the bottom. And from that point, everything, rises to the top.
1: And I think that is so good, uh, especially in 2020, because a lot of us have had to grab our bootstraps in 2020. Um, we've seen churches, uh, where they've lost congregations, but as I sit and listen, to you talk about David, I think about like all the disciples and how after Jesus was crucified, I feel like for them, they thought this is rock bottom. Our king is gone. He's dead. They still hadn't figured out what they meant. Jesus hadn't been resurrected yet. And, you know, Jesus showed back up. And I wonder to them if that was their storm when Jesus had been crucified or was their storm after Jesus left, after he had ascended back to the Father. And then they had to go through what was coming their way, because as we all know, most of the disciples were martyred for their beliefs. They wouldn't stop preaching. So when I hear stories about like David, like that, I wonder in the disciples eyes, uh, what, was their, what was their storm? And it could have been two totally different storms mm. um, because like you said, they had to grab themselves by the bootstraps. You know, mm. Jesus has been crucified. Uh, that's where they hung all their hope. He hadn't been resurrected yet. Mm. And I just, I wonder uh, in each of our lives, especially in 2020, um, I know that there are so many people that think like, this is my low point. This is it. And I just wonder, is it really your low point? Or do, just like you said, we got to grab ourselves by the bootstraps and we got to pray. I know a lot of times in my life when I feel like things aren't going the way that I want them to or I need them to, I just pray. I'll stop wherever I am and just pray. Like, hey, I don't know what's going on here. I can't figure it out, but I need you to intervene. And honestly, I know it sounds crazy to people that don't believe, Eight out, eight, nine out of ten times, I feel better within fifteen minutes. I get a piece, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep.
0: Prayer, prayer is no doubt. You know, communicating uh, with the Lord is is definitely the the option you got, your go to. But but with that as well, as I mentioned as well ago, I think it's Thanksgiving. You know, just you know, a lot, many times. There's all sorts of prayers, right? And you can pray all sorts of different kinds of mm-hmm. prayers, uh, but, but not all prayers uh, are uplifting prayers. Uh, not all prayers are prayed with faith. Not all prayers are prayed with this uh, expectation that God is going to do something um, many times. Uh, well, sometimes prayer can be a complaining session. It, many times it can be a, um, you know, a point of finger at God, you failed me. And, and, I guess, it's, yes, it's prayer, but what kind of prayer? Is, is it faith prayer? Is it, uh, you know, I think when we understand uh, the authority that we have as a believer, uh, and we can begin to command, you know, we can begin to make petitions, and we come boldly into the throne room of God, and we don't take things as they are, but we rise up, something rises up in us, and we go, you know, no, 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 no. <laughs> This isn't the way this is going to play out, you know, yeah. and, and, and we, we man up, you know, and 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 we resist. The Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Well, most of the time people don't resist nothing, you know, that they do, you know, they think they've done a good job. They resist a cookie or a piece of cake, but we're talking about something way bigger than this. We're talking about standing up, recognizing that we're, that, that there's four types of powers against principalities. Uh, rulers of darkness you know uh, there's four, the list of four in mm-hmm. ephesians about uh, uh different kinds of, of 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 things that come against mm-hmm. regions countries and people yeah. and, and and you and, and we forget that we're in a battle and we have to resist and it was daniel it was 21 days you know praying seeking the lord no prayers being answered and the lord finally, the angel of the lord comes finally says look i heard you the first day but I had to go through some stuff just to get that answer to you, son. You know, so we need to take lessons from these great patriarchs of the past and realize that, you know, especially in our country right now, there's there we, we're in a fight for the soul of our nation right now. And, um, and these are the hours that we need to pray. And we need to pray with faith and with it coupled with Thanksgiving, you know, and thanking God that he's in control and he's going to work all things out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man, you you said that perfectly. It reminds me of back, uh, I'll never forget the morning um, that my dad called me to tell me that my brother had passed away. Me and my wife were in, uh, I was riding around, we uh, we were running around town and uh, he called back to back, which is very atypical of my dad. And uh, the second time he called, I was like, this isn't good. And he called and and I said, hello? He said, what are you doing? And I said, me and Lena riding around, I was actually in and out of meetings and she was just with me. He said, I got some bad news. And I said, what's up? And uh, what's funny before I get into this next part was I had been praying for a while, like God make me strong. I wanna be strong, uh, not in just the good times. Cause it's easy to be strong in the good times. That's super easy. If everybody around you is on the same page as you, that's easy. Um, But he said, said, your brother shot himself. And I said, oh, it's not good. And, um, you know, me being a paramedic, I don't know how many times I'd seen that before. And he said, what's the chances of survivability? I said, well, slim to none. Um, and I got off the phone. It was a real brief conversation. He said, I'm going to your mother. Uh, she hadn't found out yet. And I remember pulling over like lane immediately started crying. And I said, we're going to stop because, and we're going to pray because for a long time I've been praying for strength and courage, and this is, I think God has got me ready for this. And so I just pulled over and I was like, hey, like me and Lane held hands, she was crying. I said, I don't know what to say or what to do. And I don't even know what I feel right now, but you've been very, very good to me throughout my life. And we're getting ready to, we're in some dark waters right now. And I need you, I need your courage, I need your wisdom. And I want to stay strong even in, the, I sing your praises in the good times, God, but I want to sing them now. Now is a bad time for my family. So I want to sing them now. And I just got this overwhelming sense of peace. I know some people are like, ah, oh, you were just thinking that, but I did, I immediately got, I mean, for four days, I never even got emotional about it. I just got the sense of peace, like God saying, okay, you were praying for the courage. And then when this happened, you came to me first. The first thing you did was come to me, which is what you were just saying, was give it to God. Sometimes it's okay to pray for other things than my wants and needs, but I I got that just overwhelming piece of love and mercy, and um, I hope a lot of the people listening to me and Pastor JP take that to heart, like, because Pastor JP's right. It is okay to talk to God and say, God, I need this or I need that. I'm not coming to you to sing praises. I want to express my frustrations, you know, because I'm sure, you know, with what y'all went through with Hurricane Sally, you've probably been frustrated rebuilding your house a little bit, you know?
0: Yeah, well, not only that, it, it really ripped off. We, we, we have a new huge facility, a church facility we're building, and it literally ripped off the entire end of our facility. So we lost like a 20, 30% of our building. So it set us back quite a bit. So. So here we are, I mean, literally, it looked like an airplane hanging the end of it. I mean, you could literally, where the auditorium was, you could literally drive an airplane up into our auditorium. Uh, it was it, it exposed, you know, traffic going by, everyone's looking at our our new church and it's all, you know, busted up and, and, and messed up. And um, and so we we had to make a decision what, what we're gonna do right here, you know? Um, and so it was so beautiful to see um, immediately because there was no power in our community at all for four four days, five days. And uh, so we handed out, we just start. We, we brought in 10 semi-trucks of 10-pound bags of ice. We handed out 450,000 bags of ice in four days. And we didn't have any electricity. We have, I you know, I didn't have a generator at my house. And, uh, food was going bad. But our church responded. They had trees all over their houses, their yards. They couldn't even hardly to get out. Many of them, but they put their stuff to the side. They came to this huge parking lot, and we had people literally lined up, bumper to bumper, from eight in the morning till seven at night, bumper to bumper, for miles up and down the road. And as 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 the team was giving ice, we had other pastors, and we were going door to door, saying, "How you doing? You doing okay? Can we? How can we pray for you?" We we planted more seeds. We ministered to more people in four days than I have ministered to in 12 years being in this community. And it all came because of the crisis. Crisis will be a blessing or it'll be a cursing, whichever you decide it to be. But the beautiful thing is we can make that choice and God will help us make it a blessing.
1: Wow, 450,000 bags of ice. Yeah.
0: We, we all had like frostbite under our hands by the
1: time yeah. we were done. It was like crazy. Wow. <laughs> uh, we had a, one time, yeah. we had a guy that was new and, and he started, uh, he was in emergency medicine. And when it comes to the taking the crisis that you have at hand, whether it be a blessing or a curse, um, you know, we always saw people, they would come and go, they would start their career and it just didn't work out. But I think as a Christian, um, the real battle doesn't begin until you become a Christian. You know, you don't know whether you're going to have that blessing or curse until you actually become a believer. Um, or you lay everything at the foot of the cross, like, Hey, I'm tired and struggling with this. I'm going to give Jesus a chance. Uh, that's when the real battle starts. That's when you really got to, you know, get tough because that's when I feel like the evil one, uh, he's going to come at you then because he's going to try to get you. Do you, you feel the same way? Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the, the enemy don't care about you uh, when you're not a threat and not doing anything. Uh but the minute, minute you pick up your cross, uh you know when, when he says pick up your cross every day, um you know, we all know that what that means is we we every day make a decision that um, we live a surrendered life. My will it's his will. Whatever he wants to do, I'm going to do. And um, I'm not going to ask questions about. It. I'm just going to I'm just going to do it. Here's a funny kind of a story um i don't know how much time we got i don't know if we need to we're good okay so here's a fun little story happened to me um i i years ago i was still a youth pastor uh and i had this insatiable i was living in baltimore maryland and i had this insatiable desire to read like missionary books books from these guys that had been missionaries and mean i was just devouring for some reason like like it was Gold, like I wasn't, like I was starving for these, and I, man, I was just, I had this desire to say, God, I'm still young, you know, I'm not married, I could go anywhere in the world. I, I want to be a missionary for you, God, God, is, I want to serve you, and I, don't, and I don't care where you send me, God, I just want to serve you. If you want me to stay here, I'll stay here, but I, yeah, I'll go to the world if you want. I'm ready, I'm ready. And I meant I mean, it wasn't like I'm so afraid making up. I meant this prayer from the bottom of my heart.
1: Yeah, going to the Congo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it was not long after that that um, this guy came to our church straight from jail. We uh, we led him to Jesus. He got water baptized that day. Uh, I said, hey, you, you know, I hope you come back to service that night. And he goes, well, I, I, if I can get a ride. I said, well, you want a ride? I said, well, I, I'll give you a ride home and you know, I'll come pick you up back tonight. So I take him home. When I take him home um, it's cold. It's, it's cold outside, and um, I said we drove up. And I said, "Oh, so you live there?" He goes, "Well, not exactly. I live kind of like on the front porch there. They're gonna let me stay on the front porch." It wasn't not a screened in, but it was just a front porch. Yeah. And uh, I said, "You're gonna stay on the front porch?" He goes, "Yeah, that's where I. That's where I. That's where I live right now." And uh, and I said, "No, no, no. Uh, it's, you know, you gotta come." So I had a little tiny, little tiny apartment, two bedroom apartment. Me and my roommate, and I said, "Come." So we, we we put him on the couch, you know. And uh, a couple weeks later, another guy showed up in jail. He got saved. He didn't have any place to live, so we got two guys on now. One on the floor on the couch in the living room. Then, then it became three, then four. Before long, oh. I had twelve guys on my living room, little tiny, you know, bedroom apartment. Uh, on the floor sleeping bags i'm paying for everything i'm 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 feeding them from my little salary i have i uh, they went to church with me during the day and i'd give them jobs to do and everything and uh so finally someone gave us a condemned house i mean when i talk about condemned. I'm done, think of like the most wretched house in in your community one yeah. that should pour down you know transmissions in the front you know we yeah <laughs> you know the door hanging off the side windows busting in that that's that's what they gave us and uh and and he said if you can fix it up you can have so so we we didn't have time or money to fix it up at that time we just had to get bigger space so we're moving our stuff into this dilapidated building right on the uh, on the next to the busy uh freeway that goes around baltimore the loop and i mean and so we're moving in, and, 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 and I can't believe this is happening. And we're, we're we got, I got my belongings in the back of the pickup truck, and I'm very quiet. And I'm, and, and I'm, be honest, I'm kind of mad. I'm mad that I've been put in this situation. Started off good, started, you know, just, yeah. you know, but no one's helping. No one's helping. I got these guys seven days a week, I've been doing this for three, four months now. Now I'm in this, now I'm moving to this, it's going bad. And I'm moving my stuff into this house and, and and the Lord said to me in my spirit, He goes, And you wanted to be a missionary. He, <laughs> Don't you love it when yeah. got, like, drops that bomb like that? Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. Yeah, so it's actually setting me up the whole time. I didn't even realize it. And uh and eventually it it, it um it turned into become a um a, a homeless shelter is still there today. And so um, it was a great story and, and, and it's nice. It's thriving and everything, but, um, but it was launched out of, out of, uh, out of our bedroom floor. It uh, actually started from the craving to read missionary books.
1: <laughs> no kidding. That's so funny how God was like, all right, you want to be <laughs> yeah. a missionary? Here you go. I want to give you an apartment that smells like a wet sock uh, with 12 guys <laughs> oh, in the floor and uh see how you like it so at the uh homeless shelter still there today still there today
0: We're so there. how do, how
1: could people give to that is there a way for people to give pastor jp uh
0: well they could uh it's called it's uh i have i've, I've moved away from there so i'm not in touch with him as much as i was then. but it's called Nehemiah house it's up in baltimore county okay. the point is that um the baltimore county commissioner was running it Uh, for office that particular year and he was under a lot of heat to um, because he there was nothing for no place for men no no year-round men's shelter available and so they said to him you're going to do something and he realized he wasn't going to get elected if he didn't address this issue he found out that I was putting these guys up in my house somehow some way and so he came and he says if I gave you $350,000 would you build a shelter and, uh, and run it for me so I can get reelected. And I said, I think we can do that. So that's how that really played out. You know.
1: Wow, that is amazing. Um, so before we wrap up today, what is something, uh, someone as knowledgeable as you, um, an expert on the Bible, and you, if you were sitting in front of somebody that said, Pastor JP, I'm really struggling. I've been going through this storm. I don't see any end in sight and I'm just tired because I know that we all are suffering uh, COVID fatigue and I call it 2020 fatigue. I'm ready for 2020 to be gone. But if you had somebody that just said, I just don't see an end in sight, what would you tell them? What could we share with our entire audience and hopefully the world uh, to bring them that good news? Mm,
0: That's a great question. That's a great question. Yeah. I've noticed the same thing. Well, you know, the, the beautiful thing is there is no such thing as, uh, burnout and things like that if we realize that we always minister out of the overflow. You know if we stay in the presence of the Lord, really truly, if we stay in his presence on an ongoing basis, what happens? Is the Spirit of the Lord fills us up. He
1: mm-hmm. fills up
0: mm-hmm. and it runs over. And it's out of the running over that we we give life; it's out of the running over that we even receive life. It's from His presence, um, and so um, m- m- we only start getting weary and tired, even discouraged, depressed, anxious, stressed out, when our cup we're starting to give out of uh, a depleted cup. Mm-hmm. So the, the 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 key is to keep to keep the cup always filled and running over Mm -hmm. the Lord's constantly God's got so much that he wants to pour into Mm -hmm. that we can't contain it so as long as he's still pouring into our cup it's it's there's always going to be joy there's always going to be peace there's always going to be love there's always going to be rest there's always going to be anything that we need um not to belittle these moments but listen you know God's trying to toughen this up in in a lot of ways I just want to I just kind of want to just hit this really hard because, you know, <laughs> I lead a coach's huddle every Thursday morning, a bunch of football coaches. We get together to have a Bible study. And one of the guys, one of the coaches this morning was saying this, and I, it just – my my spirit exploded. He goes, you know, when we were young, our parents didn't shield us from a lot of pain and hurts, mainly because they couldn't afford to, you know, and they didn't – and they, they were too busy to. But it seems like, you know, in our generation – we try to shield our kids from a lot of hardships and pains. We don't want them to experience what we went through. But yet the very things we went through is what made us the people of character and integrity we are today. So, so the, the challenge is, you know, how do you, I think God has that same challenge. How, how do I raise up an army that's mm-hmm. tough, that won't give up, mm-hmm. that will, will be battle ready, will charge the gates of hell, the gates of hell? Are, are not some aggressive thing. They're just static. They stand. Mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. The gates of hell have never attacked anybody. It's the church that's supposed to attack the gates of hell. How can the church attack the gates of hell? How can we make inroads into the kingdom of darkness if 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 we don't have an overflowing cup? And so the challenge for all of us is stay in the presence of God. You know, make prayer. It's not something you do before you go to bed at night, Make it a way of living, a way of life. I'm always praying, praying without ceasing.
1: Oh, man, that is so good, Pastor JP. Um, one of the things I want to end on uh, with you saying that, it's just so ironic because I had specifically was going to just bring up uh, John 16, And it was Jesus talking to the disciples. You know, he said, for these things, um, I've spoken to you that you may have peace in the world and you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer overcome the world. I think what you just said, so ironic, but that's how you, uh, ended is, is with our, with our belief in Jesus and our faith in him being the son of God, he's overcame everything else. We just got to stay in there and let him overfill our cup, just like pastor JP was talking about. All right. So if people want to find pastor JP and support the summit church, tell us how to do it before we go, because this has been an awesome, awesome podcast. And I want to share, uh, I want people to, you know, especially in your area, to follow you. This is going to go out to hundreds of thousands of people. And uh, tell us how they can find you, Pastor JP. Uh,
0: SummitChurch.tv. SummitChurch.tv. Love to see you.
1: Perfect. Well, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time out of the of your busy day to be with us, especially with all the things you got going on in your life. Um, we're definitely praying for you and your church. Uh, just thanks for spending some time with us today. We hope, if you allow, uh, we hope to have you back on soon. Love it. Thank you,
0: Jake. Thanks for the opportunity. God bless you, man.
1: Likewise. We love you, Pastor JP. Thanks for what you're doing.